Really? I had no idea that was happening. Uh, so we're back after a week of two being weeks. gone. I haven't, I don't, I haven't seen you in two weeks. You missed me. No, I didn't say that. You didn't miss me? See, I went on a trip and then all of a sudden you're like, I'm going on a trip too. Yeah, all of a sudden. But planned for six months. It's because I forgot about it. <laughs> well, and you went to this MVP summit. But I did. you did not tell me it was the MVP summit. In fact, I even asked that it's specifically. It's not the summit. It's not the summit. No. Well, why was everyone tweeting summit? I don't know. Because from what I understand, the, the summit is, is and was not happening. But then they had this lightning event. And oh, you know, formally, the MVP Lightning, formerly known as the MVP Summit. Of course, yeah. everything's got to be re- rebranded Lightning. <laughs> but may, yeah, is that what it was? It was a rebranding? I don't know. You tell yeah. me. Did the, did the uh, bathroom... As a community member, how did you feel about getting a, seeing a bunch of tweets and things of people from the Summit? Which then merged into Midwest Dreaming. Was it the same place? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. I believe it's Midwest Dreamin'. Dreamin'? John. Dreamin'. I'm having the dream. Living the dream. So how was the summit? It's good. See a bunch of people that we know? That you know? I did. All right. What was the highlight? Mm. I can stop this now <laughs> if you don't want to record. I'm serious. No, it's all... So I had a great time. I think... Um, I think as, as an MVP, it... Um, it was valuable. It's the most valuable thing I've done as an MVP. Now, you've been to one of these before, right? No. You went to one last year? No. You didn't go to one? No. I came in after last year's summit, which was the last summit. And I, I wish I would have saved some of these tweets, but I mean, I saw things like, this is the, like you just said, this is the most valuable thing. This was so awesome. And it was, this was so productive. I also heard this. And you guys, have, you guys are talking this shit up. So I want to see productivity. <laughs> like, I want to see what I'm going to get out of this. What have you guys? What are you guys actually doing? What got done? What was so damn productive? <laughs> Did you fix something? Does Apex have namespaces? Is it not slow as shit anymore? Uh, none of the. Above. Can I run Java on Salesforce? It's all under NDA. I can't. I can't tell you. I mean, eventually though, <laughs> we're going to see, right? You were you were productive. This was the most productive thing ever. Okay, so what what I feel is is productive about it is is the fact that it's a big circle jerk, and you guys all maybe got drunk and ate steaks. May- Probably were hookers there. <laughs> Oh, no. It's a big hotel. I don't know. <laughs> and and Salesforce made you feel really damn good about yourself. Uh, that's what that's what you guys got done. That's what I see come out of this. All right. So every year. So can I tell can I tell a story? <laughs> Probably shouldn't have had that second beer. <laughs> I don't even have whiskey right now. That's that's, that's why I'm not. I, I shouldn't. <laughs> that's why I'm not on point because I don't have my whiskey in front of me. I need a little uh, boule. You're, you're out of your element. I need some boule. Some bullet. Some boule. <laughs> bullet. Bullet. All right, so I get there Sunday. I got there early intentionally because I don't like travel and right. that freaks me out. So I like getting places early. Um, so I hung out at the bar and met a few people. Uh, Michael Gill was there and a bunch of other people. I, I, I'm not going to start naming names because I'm going to forget people and drop people's names. You already names. started. It so was, everyone... But Michael Gill was the first one I met. <laughs> I was standing in line waiting and I, I hear someone talking. I turn around and it's Michael or Mike. And he's, he's just like drenched in sweat and pale and breathing heavy. And then he wasn't like, having a heart attack, was okay, he? <laughs> Seriously. That's... No, he had just finished going for a run. <laughs> oh. it, was, it wasn't red? Huh? 
You usually get red when you run, right? I didn't. I didn't. I didn't notice him being red. Mm. I did remember him being kind of sweaty and pale. And uh, then he disappeared for a bit. I guess he went to take a shower, and uh, he came back down later and said, "Sorry about that. Mm. I was like ready to pass out." I was like, wow. <laughs> so it was hot. Anyways, so I hung out there, met a bunch of people, bought a few people some drinks. I and saw a photo of you and Matt. Ran into Matt uh, eating a steak or looking at something, doing something to a steak. Yeah. After a few, I decided I was hungry. And um, so this very expensive hotel had a very expensive steak, which I did not finish. And eh, it was okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what you saw. Me doing my best rock impression, I guess. The eyebrow thing. That's going to be my thing. Everyone has their thing when they take a picture. It's whether it's a duck face or a, you know, I'm not going to smile in any pictures. I think I'm going to start doing the eyebrow thing. What do you mm. think? Uh, if you feel like you need to have a thing, that's fine with me. <laughs> it's kind of creepy, but. You like it. No. I'm doing it right now. You like it. <laughs> All right, so saw some people. So Monday was was kind of a half day. Um, so I got to do some work, um, walked around the city a bit. That was a can of Coke opening, by the way. <laughs> Just want to clarify. <laughs> and uh, and then and then we did, kind of did a registration. We saw some presentations from people in the group, or not in the group, but from Salesforce. So that day was kind of I I could have done without it, but it was nice to to see all that kind of stuff. But eh. yeah. Um, the, the real valuable day, the day where I think everyone felt somewhat productive, whether it was lip service or not, or whether nothing comes of it or anything, was the fact that they had 10, I want to say at least 10, 13, 14 uh, product managers there, who each gave a presentation on their one piece of lightning that they were working on that they were hoping to get feedback from us on. And the productive part is we were able to give them feedback on a lot of those features, but we're also able to, to talk about some of the features that they have currently or that they haven't implemented well or things that are bugging us about Lightning in general. Yeah. And so the productive part, I think, for us was we, we gave it to them. We, we gave them feedback, honest, critical feedback. And right. I was surprised. I mean, Shell had talked about it, but in my head until I experienced it, I was like, yeah, right, whatever. Everyone gets up there and says, oh, Salesforce, you're wonderful. Let me, let me. You know, I can kiss you and right. whatever. Tell you how awesome you are. Yeah. And, um, but it wasn't like that. There were so many people. There was quite a few people who were kind of quiet and wanted to play the cheerleader. I'm not going to say play the cheerleader, but they were, they were quiet. They weren't as vocal, but there were definitely a strong majority of people there that were very vocal about, you know, the thing, the challenges they've had, the challenges they've had year over year as well. You know, this has been a challenge. You guys keep telling us you got something in the works. Now all of a sudden everything's lightning and this and that. So we did get that kind of feedback of people that were saying, you know, hey, what's going on? Well, and that's a, that just actually segues, and we can come back to what you were saying, but just make a quick point. That it's very easy to confuse action with productivity. And while the, yeah, that was, that was, sounds like that was some great activity that you guys had, giving feedback, I don't know that it was, let's not confuse that with product, productivity. Because to your point, lots of this stuff is basically the same stuff we've been saying for years. And now with Lightning, there's just a bunch of new stuff on top of the, all the old stuff. Yeah, but I, I, don't, I don't think Salesforce is blind to it. I think, I no, think a lot no, of No, no, they're not, but they're still going to do, they're still going to do what they think is going to get them to $10 billion. And that's going to be yes. throwing more mud against the wall, adding more products to the portfolio, and, cr- and creating more and more of a mess. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're not going to stop marketing. They're not going to stop touting lightning and all this kind of stuff. I mean, it's it's. It, the train is moving. It's left the station. It, it's not stopping. It's just it's just on fire and you know disintegrating. But I mean, it's a hard thing to do as well. It's it's they're they're trying to change up the platform. But you can't do what they're trying to do in a way that doesn't create a big mess. 
They're, right. and really, do you, they're do you only give them some own... kind of leeway, a pass on that because because what they're trying to do is really hard and difficult, and it's gonna it's gonna piss a lot of people no, off. No, because what they're trying to do is feed an ego maniac. No, wait a minute. Okay, we're talking about two different things. I'm talking about advancing the platform and taking it from the classic to this more modern app. You know, framework of an application. It's not even modern. Modern is Elixir and 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 <laughs> I React. I didn't say. I said more modern. <laughs> they're upgrading it to. to I mean, I'm, I'm still working in a language that was based on a language from 18 years ago. And it hasn't improved. Well, you could do lightning components and still, with JavaScript. And it, and it seems and there just you to go. get slower and slower. I mean, I don't know, man. This this thing hits a chord with me. This I noticed. You're passionate. I mean, every, everyone's just you know. You're there. I mean, it's cool that Salesforce flew you out there and and fed you and sent some product managers out to, you know, to listen. I guess to what you're saying, but I mean, this is not going in a great direction. All right, so let's flip the tables. So Jeremy is an MVP, and Jeremy gets to go to the summit, and he's sitting in front of a product manager who works on the developer tools or the developer I, API. I think I would do the same thing that a lot of you guys did. What would you do? The same thing that a lot of you guys did. What would be your feedback to them, though? What would you say? What would you say? Hey, let, let's let's sit and talk. I've got that's five good, minutes. That's with a good you. question because do you get do you get bogged down in the details? Because I mean, go go look at the open issues on Process Builder. I mean, go look at. You'll look at so many things that have been open for years. I mean, do you, what do you do? Rehash all that? Do you, you get into the weeds with this? Or, or do you say, hey, overall, you guys are, you, you're adding so much stuff. You're, you're adding tools that no one even needs that aren't even that powerful, yet your most powerful tools, the, the areas where there's the most capability, are completely ne neglected. And it's a bad experience, and it's slow. So what do we do? Do you all want to get down into the weeds or do you want to talk high level about the direction you're going in and the fact that the only thing that matters is hitting $10 billion and beating Larry Ellison? <laughs> I mean, it, it was very, it's very, very much a it's fire very hose. It's very clear what's important to Salesforce. It was, it was a fire hose of information because they came to the table with, with certain things they wanted feedback on and then we came to the table with things that we wanted to give feedback on that we just wanted to... It, sometimes it was venting yeah. and sometimes it was, you know, this is a real issue... I'm facing this today. There's this thing I can't get past. What can we do? Yeah, I mean, to whatever degree they can, like you told, I mean, first of all, do you think anyone told them something they didn't already know? No, my 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 cons my consensus, my, I don't, I don't know what the right word is, but but my thought on the way when, when I saw these conversations happening and even within the conversations that I was having, having um, it was no one looked at me and said, oh, really, I had no idea that was happening. A lot, of, a lot of it was kind of shaking their heads. Yeah, we know we're working on it type stuff. Yep. You know, it wasn't, nothing was a shock to them. Right. Be, I mean, because there's so many ways to get in touch with Salesforce. Sales, there's, there's a community. There's, you know, the, the support center. I mean, there's, there's all these different places where people can send and are very vocal about Salesforce. Yeah. So, I mean, it, I would be shocked if they were shocked because there's no way to be shocked. This information is all out there and it's being funneled and pushed and waved in front of everyone's faces. Whether anyone can actually do anything about it, it's always there. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot. some of these MVPs are really smart people that, that, that do a lot of work in Salesforce and really push it. So they may, I mean, some of them may have discovered little edge cases or whatever that, no, that most people haven't seen yet. Um, but there's channels for reporting that. I mean, if you, if you do, you know, discover some bug or whatever. So I, I, think, I think the more beneficial thing when you get these product managers is just... Um, guiding the direction of the thing. But I don't know how much leeway they have. They've been told what to build. I mean, the process builder PM 
I mean, even though they're building something that's just not very capable and they've, it's been out there for a year and it's still got tons of issues and it's just, it's, it's hard to suggest to someone to use Process Builder. And I know I'm, the, I know I'm a developer, right? Mm-hmm. And I know people are going to say that, oh, you're saying that because you're a developer, whatever, okay. I've tried to use Process I work with people who try to use Process Builder and it just creates a lot of problems that no one really knows how to fix. And I think they're, uh, it's just not a great tool at this point. And, and, but regardless, the, the PM for Process Builder is like, well, they told me to build a process builder. So I'm, you can't tell me not to build or you can't, you know, this is the direction I've been given. So within that, you know, mandate, like, okay, if you've got little detailed things or if you found some little edge case or some little book, sure, report that, right? I mean, there's, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a, a, a list a mile long of things that are broken with process builder right now. You know, you're going to add something to that? Okay, fine. You just added to that list. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and Salesforce was kind of conscious of that and kind of pushing that back. I don't know if it's pushing back on us, but I think they were trying to at least convey the story that, it's a time and money problem at this point. You know, there's not enough time in the day and there's not enough money to go around and they're continuing to, to invest and push the platform forward. Some things are going to get deprioritized for some of these other things that are more important that maybe sell, that will sell more licenses or is far more critical of an issue that has to get fixed and addressed now. And it's all versus just that edge case. And it's all just perception. About. Like, and, and, you know, I don't get to make Salesforce decisions for them. So they get to decide what's important for them. But it's crazy to me. It's crazy to me that some, so many of the fundamental parts of the platform that are also the most powerful parts of the platform are just languishing. Yeah. Because honestly, here's the reason why they're languishing because it doesn't matter what people like me say. Okay. I don't make, I mean, I, I influence buying decisions sometimes, but usually, but usually I don't make buying decisions um, for Salesforce. I'm not an MVP. You know, it, it just really doesn't matter to Salesforce what I think. It really doesn't matter to Salesforce the experience that I have. It really doesn't matter to Salesforce that it takes me 60 minutes to run a handful of tests in an org. It just, they just don't care. What they do care about is that they need to add another social thing or another marketing thing or a, a, a tool that makes drag-and-drop programming look easy, um, even though it's BS and it's just all perception. It just helps sell and whatever helps sell, whatever brings more dollars in right now, even if they're not, it, it, it doesn't even be profitable dollars. That didn't even matter. Profit does not matter right now. And Wall Street's giving them a pass on that, right? Their, mm-hmm. pe- their, PE, their peg ratio is like 2.3. They're trading, trading at 8 to 10x sales, right? So they're getting a green light to do this from pretty much everyone. So that's what they're going to do. But, but let's call a spade a spade. And let's be honest about what it is. That's what this is. And you can give your opinion on, I can give my opinion on, right? What I think they should do or that, hey, you know, I'm trying to do this job and it turns out it's really hard and it's not a good experience. And it, okay, thanks. That was the round file. I just dropped that into. And that was my <laughs> advice. <laughs> you know, it's, I don't know. You, you are going to pick that up later. You know, right? these, oh, I might. I know it's, that's uh, <laughs> no, a roll over to your side. You can pick it up. I'm just kidding. But I mean, you know, the thing is like these PMs, I mean, what are they going to do? Right. I mean, they're, they're, probably doing the best job they can. And, and some of them have great products, you know? Yeah. Some of them, you know, I think are, I mean, I think, I think the idea of process builder is pretty damn interesting. Um, I just don't like the lack of transparency and honesty on how currently uh, advisable of a tool it is. Yeah. No, and I'm just picking on process builder, but any, anything, I mean, whatever, some of these new things are, I mean, lightning, right? I mean, anything that's distracting from the fact that we've got this core enterprise platform, that's kind of a mess. And is really dated at this point. 
But I mean, that's the whole part of the process of going to Lightning is they're they're trying to update the core itself as well. That's just the veneer, man. It, there's so much. That's just that's that's the part of the iceberg that's above the water that you can see. Cool. I'm glad that they're. It's a more kind of Facebooky looking UI, I guess, if that's your thing. I'm not talking core as in the UI. I'm talking about core as in the underlying features of how they're implemented. Dude, it's it's still Java struts under the hood, man. You know, <laughs> it's right. still it's still Apex. It's still a it's still an Oracle well, relational you can't, you can't, database. You can't just say that because it's running on old technology that thus it's it's no I'm, I'm marker. Th- yeah, the reason it's marker is is because the, the abstractions they put on top of that, right? So not only do they have this what is an aging platform underneath, but all this proprietary abstractions they put on top of it, those are aging now. And and they haven't improved. It's just stagnant. It's like stinky, stagnant water. But I mean, that's that's going to be any big, any software that's reached any kind of critical mass. I don't know. Look at Oracle. Look at their platform as a service and their systems. You 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 that's cust- marketing. No that no no I no, see. no. You customize it with with Java, right? Any any jar you can drop into it. Look at ServiceNow. I want to talk about them, but I don't have enough prepared for today. But I heard I, w- I was listening to the ServiceNow CTO talk about their platform, and. The way you customize it is is uh, basically with Java, and you get you know you can you get basically full access to they don't they opted instead of multi tenant platform they have a what they call a multi instance platform which is kind of like um, the NetSuite, NetSuite model yeah. except it's it's much more advanced than that though it's um, you yeah, do NetSuite seemed a bit kind of cavemanish in that they would stick a server in the blade and fire you exactly up. yeah there were actually physical things yeah. that humans had to do um this multi-instance thing is completely different and it's i actually would like to do a deep dive on that at some point and you know maybe at the time salesforce started that you know multi-tenant was was kind of it was a new very much a new thing i think salesforce you know kind of took that and ran with it one of the first ones where i service now i don't know when they started certainly it was after salesforce though yeah i think they looked at that and thought well Multi-tenant thing's interesting. There's definitely some benefits for the service provider there because it's lower maintenance. It's lower, at least at the time anyway. They're, for the tools that were available, it was it was more efficient, lower maintenance, whatever. But you can't you can't let someone just drop their jar in and start. Uh, that's not how, you can't let them customize the system in that way. Right. You've got to create these really um, uh, kind of simplified tools that are kind of on. It's like bowling uh, with the, what do they call the bumpers, right? You can't you can't let them can't let them just bowl without the bumpers. Yeah, in, we, on that we, system. we see evidence of that all throughout. And it's just you know, but anyway, I mean, this is I don't know. I'm just I'm just frustrated. It's just like I want it to get better, um, but you know, maybe what I want for Salesforce is not the best thing for Salesforce. And I I totally acknowledge that's a distinct possibility. Yeah. Well, you know? it kind of is. I mean, all the things you said that you know they probably don't care about is true because they're trying to. They're trying to sell. They're trying to grow. And the stuff we're talking about, every, every once in a while, I, I see it thrown out there. It's, it's the numbers of how, you know, a lot of us are one percenters in, in the Salesforce community. We're touching and doing things that not everyone is doing. That, that a lot, lot of customers, you know, a large percentage of them are getting by you with know, a lot of these native features. And you say, you say that, and I've heard you say that many times. I've and- heard it said... I, I'm not actually. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm not, it's not like coming the, from me. I'm hearing only, people say that. The only reason I kind of recoil from that distinction or designation a little bit is that it see it sounds kind of elitist, and I hear that elitist twang to it, and I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm not a one percenter. But well, um, but maybe I mean maybe in terms of just what I'm doing with the platform, how I'm you know how what the size of things I'm building on the complexity, the just the volume of it. Maybe I'm pushing it in to a degree that it's kind of puts me in a one percent. So I, you're going to see. 
you're just going to see more issues, you know, whatever. I mean, you're going to, you're going to push the limits of the platform. But that's not, that's not to say, you that know, there let's, frustration let, levels let's take other examples. Um, I heard a story the other day, um, and I'll just call it, it's, it was a financial force. And this is a company that used financial force wasn't working out for them. And financial force may be a great product. I have no idea. I mean, I'm sure it is. I'm, I, I happen to know of smart, very smart people who work there. I'm sure it's a great product. But it is stuck on the Salesforce. It, and they, I say stuck, they, they intentionally built it on the Salesforce platform. And right. you know, it's part, I think, it's, I think uh, Financial Force is, is even owned by Salesforce, or at least partly. You know, um, native is a double-edged but, sword. So the, this, this company goes to, they want to uninstall Financial Force. Financial Force has a dedicated uninstall department of experts because it is so hard to uninstall it. This took over a year to uninstall. To uninstall Financial Force. I mean, literally, that, that, now, I'm not talking about like, you know, a data migration to the new system. That was all done. Now they just want Financial Force out of their org. Took over a year, and Financial Force's even own uninstall team could not get it done. And so they, there were, you know, third party consultants that had to, had to, were finally able to get that uninstalled. And that's not Financial Force's fault at all. Like I said, they probably have a great product. But it's, this is the type of things you deal with when you're dealing with these proprietary, you know, kind of Mickey Mouse abstractions on top of on top of what at the core is powerful uh, technology. Yeah, I came across a client recently, and this was the first time I've ever come across this where they charged to install. They actually gave you a free production install, but we wanted it in a in a sandbox. Yeah, I want to evaluate your product in my production environment, um, and they charged. They had to charge an install fee because there was so much configuration and things they had to do. Now, to me, I think they just wrote their product poorly and, and are having to do a bunch of stuff, but maybe not. Maybe there's something very specific, some feature that, that we're, you know, we're getting out of it because of this, because of the way they have to manually go in and configure. Yeah, I, I see that kind of thing all the time. And, and sometimes, I mean, there's just, there's a lot of customization for a certain client that has to be done and that's, you know, valuable work. And so it's got to be paid for. No, that, I mean, yeah, I agree. That, I mean, that was a part of the service, but well, this, this was this was strictly a we can't install it in your sandbox without charging you because you only get one free install, and any other time we have to charge because it actually takes a team to go in and do it, and it's a weak process. Man, yeah, and and again, when people are trying to treat Salesforce like an enterprise platform, like an enterprise technology software and deployment that seems pretty enterprise to me you ever you know of anything in enterprise that moves quick and easy and fast no it's all a pain in the marker (laughs) um it's all a pain in the ass well i mean i don't know but if you had the choice would you be doing this or would you would you choose to deploy you know with net or java or something where it's literally a thousand times better i say literally that's probably not true (laughs) yeah i mean i remember the the days of msis with with Windows, and that was painful because of all the different versions and you know what was installed, the libraries, I mean, the DLL hell. The all, I mean, you're it, comparing it, it to 20 year old crap, though, John. I'm just. Saying. I mean, nowadays, I mean, Salesforce doesn't even have an API to spin up instances and destroy instances and stuff. Well, I mean, it's just literally caught in 15 it's years. It's, it's 15 it's years a different old. Technology. You can't say that that because that doesn't make sense. What, what, it's a different technology. What modern what modern technology platform doesn't have APIs to Spin up and spin down instances. Cl- cloud technology. A technology that's completely different from those and thus does not offer those. Name one. Name one. Name what what? Uh, Heroku, AWS, Azure, um, DigitalOcean, any, any of these things. I mean, Salesforce is just 
completely behind in all this. Well, Salesforce is a CRM. No, it's not. <laughs> it's a customer success platform. <laughs> it's a Whatever that means. <laughs> uh. I don't know, man. I just, you know, there's a lot of customers here. There's a lot of people that are trying to build their businesses here. There's a lot of people trying to treat it like an enterprise platform, like a modern cloud platform. And under the hood, it probably is. Like, I mean, I've, I've been in enough of these Salesforce engineering talks and, and read some of their things to know that they're, I mean, at its core, this, those guys are smart. They're building, you know, they're taking advantage of all of these technologies. Yeah. But their customers can't. You know, you have to go to lunch. If you start a compile and it's not even, and you know, it's not like this is a 2 million line project, right? We're okay. If you do a full compile, right? You're running tests though. <laughs> I'm running, I'm running unit tests. Yeah. Yeah. Funny story. Uh, Jerem, I asked Jeremy if you want to get up lunch. He said, no, I got stuff to do. I get there and probably well, maybe 10 minutes after I've been there, Jeremy says, I'm on my way. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to have to run tests. <laughs> this is going to take a while. So I might as well go drink a beer. Uh. Oh, so, well, I don't if know. If we did that every time we had to run unit tests, we'd, we'd be in pretty bad shape. For what, it, for what it's worth, I hope that um, there was, you guys were able to bend Salesforce's ear in a good way, and it, uh, I hope it was productive, but I just, I always hear that, and, you know, of course, it's India, and I don't know what was said, so, you know, uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure there's some influence there, but people, they already, these guys already have their marching orders. Yeah. And, yeah, if you find a bug for the month, okay, that's great, point out you found a bug. You know, or if you have an, an idea for a new, like, you know, feature for process builder, okay, sure. You know, we'll think about it or whatever, you know, if it makes enough sense, maybe they'll do it. Yeah. But I don't know. It just seems like to me, I, I just think that really for Salesforce's own sake, if they don't address some of these longstanding things, it's really going to hurt them. But when you're growing, you know, at 25% a year and, and, and Wall Street is giving you the benefit of the doubt. It, what do they say? There's a there's a saying that's similar to this, which is like, you know, when you when you have a when you're at a company that's which, this is a different scenario, obviously that's like really profitable. Mm-hmm. Like you can have so many process problems, people problems, and all kinds of stuff that you just don't have to deal with. But as soon as the competition heats up or whatever, or profitability starts slipping, that's when it's like, oh crap! And you got to, I mean, you know, head start head start rolling you know, restructuring, process changes, tool changes, all that kind of stuff. And it's just like right now, I mean, it's, it's, it's working. They're growing. Um, you know, they're doing enough good, I guess, that they don't, that it's just not, you know, the happy soup is uh, the status quo and it's good enough. The happy soup. Yeah. Okie dokie. That is not modern enterprise cloud technology. So what is? What, what should is? we all move to, Jeremy? I, I can't. I can't say that. I mean, it depends on depends on what you're doing. I'm just saying that, you know, Salesforce really sticks out as far as a you know cloud development and deployment platform. Yeah, then the right quadrant on Gartner. I mean, the reason the reason people build on Salesforce is because there are customers there who can you who can use what you build fairly easily, low friction. Yeah, that's the only reason why people someone would build something on Salesforce. I mean, I'll take any example, one example of something of uh, that, that counter to that. I always want an example of like a show me someone who used database.com for their 
social, you know, media app or something. It just never, never, never does happened. Those on, only exist on the demo floors. <laughs> hey, I saw that um, Sage Live um, upgraded to Lightning or whatever. Like they're now Lightning. Oh, nice. But I wonder if that's kind of like how, what was the app that, oh, was it, um, how there was some app that, that supposedly right out of the shoot was Lightning. And you're like, you look at it, you're like, this, this is not, like they, they added a couple of component, Lightning components or something uh, that are optional. Or like, this is not Lightning. No, I think the the worst offender was Benioff going around saying Steelbrick was built on Lightning. Oh, that's what it was. I think that's what it was. <laughs> and it's like, uh, that's classic. <laughs> okay, we'll call it Lightning. Sure, we can call it whatever you want, but that's that's classic well, UI. I, mean, I, I guess you got to give them a pass because if Lightning means everything, then it basically means nothing. So well, yeah, because they say that it's built you know, on the Lightning. The platform is now called Lightning, so proactively everything, even your classic stuff, is Lightning. Right. Because it's it's the Salesforce. Did you guys know that your Visual Forces Visual Force pages are Lightning? Yes. Your right. triggers are Lightning. Right. You're doing Lightning right now. <laughs> I didn't realize I was such a Lightning expert. I'm gonna have to add that to my. <laughs> oh yeah. To, um, to my list of uh, certifications and badges on my on my email signature. Yeah. I've been doing Lightning for 13 years. <laughs> I got an I got an email from uh, or a request from someone who was trying to do a little bio thing. I mean, I you know I have this did the Six Sigma black belt thing, and they're like, hey, is there a logo for that for the black belt? I'm like. I don't know. I don't. I really don't want <laughs> logos under my name, though. That's just not my thing. It's not a logo. It's a belt. You get a literal black belt. You do. Yeah. That you can wear it. <laughs> yeah. Jeremy wears yeah. it all the time. He just shows up in the office <laughs> strutting with his black belt on. <laughs> He's like waving it. Like you see that? <laughs> God, this this this. It, it's it's like we've gamified uh, r- resumes. I guess it's like how many different. Uh, you know how these like the the four star generals have this just, this just thing that takes up their entire like. Their entire front of their jacket. Yeah. With this, what do they call? They call it. Uh, there's a name for that. Um, military people. It's like a nickname for those things. But all just all the pins and banners and ribbons. Oh, and yeah. Things. The, the stripes. Yeah. I mean, it's not. It's not the stripes. It's just like there'd be like this massive array of. They, they all mean something different. That's all something else. Something different they earned or whatever. Was it the the fruit salad? Is that what they call it? I don't know. I, th- I heard someone call it the fruit yeah, salad. Yeah, I think the, there's some name like that for it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's what people's. You know. With all their super badges and their badges and their certifications <laughs> and their 10X and their 12X. And <laughs> uh, so like, at, le- at least they're switching to numbers. It's not like they try to, you know, put 200 badges on their email signature. Oh, they, they do that too. <laughs> <laughs> or you got to look at... It's like really small. Th- then I sent you a screenshot of a company that, um, they're like a Salesforce related like consulting shop or something. And I go to their about, you know, about our team or whatever. And it's literally just like this array of, it's like of a face... Faces and all these ba- all these uh, certification badge things. Oh. It was like you know because you used to would write a paragraph about someone. Yeah, and now you just you don't know, no, you, you just, just, just the badge up yeah, there. Just um, how many you know how many X how many name X, and X? titles even irrelevant. Just, I think got a lot I think of we should start sorting people by their X factor. Are you are you a six X or a ten X? Oh, you're a ten X. I'll okay, be you, at the bottom. Yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> I, would, I, will, I won't I won't rank. You're right. <laughs> I'll be on the to be continued. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're at the end of the page file yeah. it won't even go there <laughs> right. uh, stack overflow <laughs> or uh I, I will only show show up on the list if it, if you do null first oh ah. no see <laughs> no you're not that bad you, you actually you have a non-null and non-zero <laughs> number of certifications <laughs> anyway all right so anything else about the summit or the non-summit summit? Uh, Parker Harris was there. Oh, yeah. He showed up. You have anything to say? 
Uh, it was interesting. I got to see him in a different light. You know, normally at Dreamforce, he's wearing some funny suit. I was going to say, he wasn't in a uh, superhero costume suit? No, I was disappointed. Um, <laughs> he's kind of playing the jokester, and he, he really was not the jokester here. <laughs> it was interesting seeing him work with the, the crowd, I guess. You know, when someone tossed something his way, um, he'd toss it right back, surprisingly. He, he kind of knew how to push back or at least get you to engage your question a little bit more yeah. clearly. Think about your question more. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Um, so I got to see a different side of Parker and it, it actually upped my, you know, l- respect level for him. Right. I saw him in a very different light other than the, the jokester that he portray- portrays at Dreamforce and everywhere else, you know. Um, so, so yeah, that was, that was interesting. Ah, oh, darn it. That was a fail. <laughs> did he do that for you no i didn't do that <laughs> was uh was adam there hi everybody no 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 he wasn't i, think so. I don't know it was, it was fun after his presentation did he have to say please clap <laughs> <clears throat> there was a lot of clapping um, so what about uh, the nighttime stories? Anyone get like drunk and say something, do something stupid, I, I believe that's take also, their pants off or anything? I, I believe that's also still covered under <laughs> NDA. A, damn it. <laughs> Man. Yeah. You know, you know what? Actually, what saved everyone, I think, was the fact that um, at the, and I don't mean this to, to be mean or anything, but at the dinner event they had for us, it was really crappy beer <laughs> and wine. Wow. And so no one really got hammered, Yeah. <laughs> surprisingly. I think people had their de- their their meal and you know inter- you know talked and interacted and all that kind of stuff and then at some point in the night everyone kind of started clearing out in search of a uh, quality products quality beverages. Yeah. <laughs> um, I on the other hand was really exhausted and I had to fly out early in the morning so I went to bed. But mm. no, I heard I heard some people went out and had a really good time that night. You didn't partake, huh? Yeah, I was trying to be responsible. I'm trying to be a good no. good boy. Good John. Yeah. I on the other on the other hand was at a bachelor party in Colorado. <laughs> I was about to say. Yeah. Having said that, let's talk about Jeremy and where he went. So I'll give you the summary. He was so, jealous of my trip and he was like, Oh no one's here anymore. I'm gonna go. I'll show him. Yeah. <laughs> went to a last minute bachelor party. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go <clears throat> drink some beers and breweries and, <laughs> and we went to uh we did a day in Fort Collins. Um and also the same day we went out to Greeley, if anyone knows rural Colorado a couple of really good breweries out there um, can't think of the names of them and then the next day we drove down to Boulder we were in Boulder all day started out at Avery which is their new brewery their new facility is really great and then just a bunch of other breweries and brew pubs and stuff that day and then Saturday we were in Denver and a bunch of breweries so these are all these are mainly not all Mainly like craft beer nerds, <clears throat> thus the beer and the breweries. Right. But then Saturday night we went out to uh, Red Rocks Amphitheater and saw Green Sky Bluegrass, which is a really good. I guess I mean they're they're bluegrass instrumentation. They do do some bluegrass, but it's mainly like more like Americana and some rock. I mean, kind of rockish and um, it, it saying they're a bluegrass band kind of paints the wrong picture. So is it was I, I couldn't tell by the pictures, but was this like an artificial environment or was it like really oh, built no. into a canyon? Do you it's, have like really nice echo and reverb and No, thankfully there's not a bunch of echo. That's usually my biggest complaint on 
venues that you're mm-hmm. enclosed and it's like hard surface walls and floors and everything. It's right. horrible. Now this is just open air, but yeah, <clears throat> I mean it's Red Rock. It's called Red Rocks because they, gosh, this lighting is ridiculous. Yeah, I saw it. Um, so now they built the they built um basically this amphitheater out of this this these two giant red rocks that are you know thousands of feet high. I don't know how high they are. They're ridiculous. Mm. And that both these two rocks flank the basically like the grandstands or the, the seats or whatever they're called. And it naturally just you know goes down towards the stage, and then behind the stage there's like this massive you know red rock that comes up behind the stage. So that's kind of the backdrop. I mean, it's breathtaking. It's ridiculous, and it's hard to get up there too, because it's kind of it's not in the mountains, but it's it's up in the hills. Hmm. So was it harder to get down after <laughs> after a few? <laughs> no, because I didn't. I didn't really. I think the whole time I was there, I had a couple of beers. Yeah, the whole time I was at Red Rocks. <clears throat> This was probably the most sober I was. <laughs> was that day? <laughs> well, speaking of the breweries, I mean, how, how did how did that how did that go? How how does how's the tours? Like, you went to a bunch of different ones. Was there one that stood out, or was was there one that you learned more about since you were? I didn't. Is so, there any one of them that taught you anything since you're a home brewer that you're like, oh, I should try that? No, I didn't really do any tours. Um, I did talk to a couple of, of brewers, um, but just. Um, just kind of casually, nothing. I did get a couple of ideas. Like, I had a um, a grisette for the first time, which is a it's basically a saison, mm-hmm. but supposedly uh, saisons were made, and I guess because it goes back like a hundred more than a hundred years ago, just tradition. But, you know, it's a it's a um, kind of Belgian and maybe French style. But the saisons were made for the farm workers, and the grisette, which is a very similar style of beer, was made for miners. I don't know why they had, had separate beers for second mm-hmm. occupations. It's a, if I would have blind tasted, I would have said, oh, this is a Saison. Maybe one glows in the dark. There's probably something, something, there's probably some distinction. It might be a different, slightly different strain of yeast or it might be there's something different in the, in the, who knows, malt bill or something, but they're, they're definitely similar. No, the ones in Greeley, I just want to mention because they were really good. Weld Works. And they're in, uh, like, I think it's Weld County is why they're called that. Weld Works, W-E-R-K-S. And then Wiley Roots, W-I-L-E-Y. They're both really good. And it's, it's this little farm town. It reminds you of, like, um, what's an example? Maybe Fletcher, Ohio, or something like that. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> population, like, I don't know, 7,000 maybe, something like that. That's probably bigger than Fletcher, but. Probably. But there's, you know, you're driving around, there's nothing but cornfields and uh, cattle farms, sheep farms. And then you get in this little town, there's like the co-op grain mill. There's maybe one itty bitty little restaurant. Liquor stores everywhere. Coloradans, they like their liquor stores. (laughs) Every little town's got liquor stores. Well, you're in the middle of the cornfields. What what else is there to do? And I don't think think they have any dry counties or anything. I I mean, I just didn't see, I just saw Hmm. liquor stores everywhere. I think that's a... Or maybe because you were surrounded by drought counties and that's why that place had such a... High percentage of liquor Could stores. Be, yeah. And one great thing, thing about Colorado is not only is it not dry, but they're not state-run liquor stores like so many of these states that, mm. you know, oh, this alcohol, it's, it's so bad. Only us government folks can sell it to you. That's how bad it is. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. Yeah, no, Avery is just really cool. They've got um, pretty good-sized brewery and there are, we had, we had like 15 people with us and we had, like, we created a reservation in advance. So they kind of did a little special thing for us. <clears throat> mm-hmm. But they've got a good brewery just to walk. There's a catwalk that goes basically over the 
entire brewery. So you can just walk around and look down and they've just got, you know, their equipment's massive because they do a lot of beer. So they've right. got like these, you know, 300 barrel fermenters and bright tanks. And I think they're, I think they have like a hundred or an 80 barrel brew system. So everything's just big and they're big canning line, big bottle or yeah, bottling line, I guess. Um, they have the, some Opa Lupas in the corner. Nope. No, <laughs> they have like, they have their own yeast lab and it's like, you know, these scientists walking around in this, you know, uh, completely sterile lab. So yeah, it's cool. Um, that was it, I guess. So did you uh, make a lot of purchases and drop ships and stuff or anything? No, I, I bought three bottles. One of them, another guy was holding for me and I never got to get the bottle from him. And when I, I talked to him after we all got back and said, Hey, did you get, the, were you able to bring that bottle back? And he said, no, we, I was, didn't check any bags. So we drank it. So hopefully they actually drank <laughs> it. I'm not, I'm, I'm afraid they just left it because it was not, you know, this is a good bottle. Mm. Um, and then I actually brought a couple of bottles back. Nothing big though. Wrapped them up and stuck them in the suitcase. And they survived? Yes, they right. did. You checked it and they survived? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Good job on wrapping them. Yep. Hey, I saw something the other day. So, you know, we talk about Slack sometimes and it seems like that's gotten to be the, just the this, thing. Oh, yeah. The new thing. I'm almost, I'm almost kind of tired of it. <laughs> I'm tired of hearing about it. But did you see this thing called, I think it's called The Troops? I'll Google this. The Troops. Yeah, so... Uh, who gosh, who sucks less? Venture Beat or Business Insider? <clears throat> uh, I don't know. So they their tagline is making work easier, but they are wow, the internet's just going slow. So using Salesforce has never been this easier or or conversational. But it's um it's a it's a it's a Slack bot. And this is a company that has VC funding and like I looked at their team. They've got all these data scientists and whatever. Um, and it's supposed to be like a, they're developing a, what's supposed to be a really killer Slack bot for Salesforce. That's it? Yeah. I mean, it's just, <laughs> I mean, what, what would it do? Um, let's see. Does it just <laughs> monitor things and stick them in there as leads or what? Troops uses artificial intelligence to display information based on conversations you're having in Slack while making customer data available without having to jump between multiple applications. While it could work for any CRM system, its initial focus is Salesforce. That just seems odd for Slack because, I mean, that's not how I see Slack being used. It's not like Twitter or Facebook where everyone's just having these random conversations and you can try to inject some kind of ad in there or some kind of, pop, you know sales pitch in there it's it's opt-in communities i think there's a hype around bots right now in general yeah it's just it's not a great it's not a great interface bots are yes bots are not a great interface just freeform text like i've i got you you usually i mean i'm sorry i know that there's smart people that are working on bots and things like the amazon echo and all this but you still have to very much know what the thing expects you to be able to ask it Right. Yeah, but I mean that you have that'll to, come with time. The vocabulary will improve. Will it? I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting on my refrigerator that okay, knows okay, that can so, order the So milk companies for me. like Amazon, Google, and Apple <clears throat> will get to increase the vocabulary. Those that are building small little shops that are building bots probably won't be able to. They'll have to rely on 
the bigger guys to come up with some kind of better algorithms for, you know, determining context and things like that. I don't yeah. know. It's just, so what we're going to write is, you know, verb, <laughs> verb grammar structure, I guess. I don't know. And the thing is like, okay, so that's, so it shows you information about some, about the, I mean, I, I use Slack for some, I have a couple of Slack themes that are Salesforce related. I really don't want it trying to figure out what I'm talking about and like show, oh, here, were you talking about this opportunity? And it pops up a little window with an opportunity. No, I don't want that. Yeah. And if, you know what? My browser has these things called tabs. And if I really want to know something about, I'll just pop over to the tab and do a quick search in Salesforce. Or maybe I was even already on the record. You know, I just, I'm, I don't get it. I mean, maybe if I you know, saw a demo or something, it would make sense. But right well, isn't now, the rule to always be selling no matter what? I guess so. <laughs> always be trying to get somebody's money. So, I don't know. Look out for that. The Troops. I think it's a weird name. The Troops. That is weird. I don't know. There's also this new 10K Advisors, or is it 10,000 Advisors? Uh, it's 10K, <laughs> I guess. It's 10K Advisors. Yeah, it's, you know, um, I recognize the names of the people that are doing us. I've seen them on Twitter for years. So it's, uh, they say they're a, a community of the top Salesforce experts from around the world delivering innovative solutions to make Salesforce customers more successful, whatever the hell that means. So there, I went to their side. It's kind of gaudy as hell. Like yeah. Lots of cheesy stock photos and bad drop shadows on their headings and everything. <laughs> um, I looked at their sign-up form, but... It, it's kind of lame. Like there's pick list values that you can't even access. It's like they try to customize. They try to get too creative with the CSS or something. But then I was like, you know, when you fill out the form, they, they want to know some stuff about you. And there's, I couldn't even find a terms of use or anything, or privacy policy or anything. Maybe it's there. I just didn't see it. I don't know. I, don't, I didn't see it. Yeah, I didn't see any of so that like, I don't. I wouldn't fill out this form. I'd, they got lots of, lots of like company logos at the bottom of the screen. I'm not sure if they're saying that those companies use their service or I didn't say so. But so, what is it supposedly? Um, Uber for Salesforce developers. Oh God, another Uber for X. <laughs> I, I think it's. I think that's what they're doing. Is they're brokering deals. So the company comes to them and says, "We need people," and they broker the deal with the independents, and the independents come together and they take a cut of I'm whatever. Uber of humans, bitch. <laughs> it is the Uber of humans. I think <laughs> it kind of is. Which is in, it's an interesting concept. I mean, if 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 you need. I, I imagine you've you've got your phone and you've got you've got 10k Uber running, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, um, I've got nothing to do this next hour. Oh, there's a thing I can pick it but up. And doesn't the App Exchange have that? What? There's a th- there's a thing on the App Exchange where you can as an you can put yourself in there as an individual person. Yeah, but this is different. What I mean, what if it's a little more immediate? What if it's you know the deals are streaming and you you can pick them off and you could negotiate the deal and close it out and get it done? I I don't know. Versus the traditional model of this really here's a here's a posting respond and let me let me get it into my feed and this what if it's far more immediate I, I'm guessing I don't know anything about this I'm guessing what if it was like that what if it was like Uber you need something done and someone's sitting there waiting for something to do and because you're both looking at that app at the same time or screen or whatever list you're able to pick it off and and match yourselves and you know, 10 K's broken the deal so, and they get a so cut. If checkbox hiring worked, if checkbox people selection and if check checkbox client selection actually worked that, okay, that might be a good system for it. This, this, you know, if, if that simplified model of things worked, Oh sure. Yeah. Just whatever things meet your criteria, you just, you ch- jump on it and take it. Right. 
It's never that easy. First of all, a lot of a lot of companies don't want to put publicly put out what their project is on some thing, right? Because they don't want people to know they don't want their competitors to know what they're working on. So the question is like, is 10K Advisors going to require companies put their name on it, right? Like Stack Overflow does. Hmm. So you know who you're dealing with. Because Stack Overflow is like, you know, we want to cut out all the bullshit that developers normally have to deal with. Because developer hiring is, people are so bad at it. And developers get put through the ringer, but with really crappy recruiters, both internal and external, that don't know what they're doing. Yeah. And they don't want to tell you who the client is. You know, so you have to, you know, go through two interviews before they even tell you who the client is, right? Yeah. I mean, I haven't done an interview in 10 years, so I'm not up to date on these things, but I'm pretty sure that's, (laughs) I mean, based on, you know, I just see other people's rants on... And I've I, done of course, some, and, and I get and it, it, it's varying degrees that you, you go through the the gated community <laughs> where there's like a, a checkpoint at every 10 feet. You know, you get the, the initial recruiter and then you get the HR person and then they then you get the manager or the director. And, the, and then you get put in front of the team committee. You know, the, the people that work in that department, they stick you in front of who don't know how to interview. And they're yeah. like, uh, what's up? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, they don't even how, under- do you, how do you create a variable yeah. or something? I don't know, like they're just asking these off the wall questions. Right. They're trying to think. They're trying to be effective and right. trying to help, but they're not qualified no, for they're it. Just, they've been put in a bad position. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I think about when I am considering a new client. I'm, you know, I mean, I want to talk to them. Preferably, I'd like to meet them. I'm looking for I'm looking for warning signs immediately right off the bat because there's so many of them and it's so common. Are right? people that have a dumb idea? People that have not they they have not thought through their problem. They don't know if they have any budget or not. Um, do they even, you know, are they, are they shysters? There's plenty of those who don't, they never even plan on paying you. Um, yeah. You know, are they going to make you sign a really onerous contract or are they okay with you providing the contract? I mean, there's just, there's so many things. I mean, I'm, you know, usually I'm just trying to find a reason to, uh, to eliminate myself as a possibility. Right. Because then if I can get through all that, I'm like, okay, well, maybe we, sh- maybe we should talk. Okay, let's. Let's have a call or let's meet in person or something. Well, I mean, the fact that the, the, to think that you could narrow it down to something like this they're trying to do is, is just, it's completely unrealistic. But I, and, I think you're assuming that these are long, really big projects. And I, I think they're probably more smaller things. I guess. Maybe people have time to waste their time you know, on small it, little things, maybe. It, and maybe it's a page. Maybe it's a, a trigger. I mean, there, there, there's Still, a fair I mean, amount of com- people out or companies out but, there that need they, that type John, of stuff. They think they just need a page. They think they just need a trigger. Maybe they do. But and no, maybe they don't want to go to one of these big partners who wants to stick but no, but, 10 people but on a project to build one page. As the consultant or the, this, the, the person that's going to be doing work, you can't trust that they actually know that they just need a trigger. Maybe saying they need a trigger, but maybe, maybe they need all kinds of stuff. I mean, how many times has someone said, oh, you know, wait, uh, can you just build this page for us? And you start to build a page and you're like, well, what about this? Do you need to have this? Do you need this? And they're like, well, no, we, just, well, we were told Salesforce did that already. What do you mean we have to build that? We were told it did that. You know, the, how many times have you heard that? Yeah, I've heard it. I've heard right. it. So it's just, you never can take any of these things at face value. No, but I, I'm also, I, I can also see the need for something like this for smaller companies who won't rank on some of these other partners, the, these SIs who won't look at a deal or won't touch a deal unless it's a certain size, won't even consider someone who just needs a few pages built or just needs a few triggers built yeah. or needs a few process builder things built. I mean, like it I doesn't said, have to be development. They're just some things that they want service for look at that app exchange directory there's a thing where you can go there it's like an indiv- i don't know what they call it individuals or something but it's, it's like yeah if you want to find someone who does visual force pages or whatever you can there's a big long list of them my other question about this this whole 10k thing is is if it's if it's that i mean uber sets the rate and there's peak times and all that kind of stuff it's kind of a set thing 
Right. That that's not how we work. No, I have I, my rate, and I don't. I don't. Right. I don't think I can say that I want to sit sit and try to flow through a bunch of things where the client has dictated the rate. And and yeah, exactly. And does the client say, okay, we 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 think we need a page and a trigger, and we're willing to pay. You know, forty dollars an hour. Yeah, or you or know, fl- I mean, actually, it's not even going to be an hour. They're going to they're going to do five hundred bucks for this fixed, fixed bed. Yeah. yeah, and those are again, those are those are ninety percent. And I'm pro- I may be being generous here, completely like poorly conceived estimates and projects. Yes, and and again, the fact that ten k advisors just going to like simplify all this and make it like this. Oh, you know, just. Fill in your checkboxes of what your skills are, and they'll fill in their checkboxes. Oh, we're we're what they assuming want. that we don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. We don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's what it looked like. I, now they had a they had a press release that they put out and I kind of skimmed it, but I don't know. I, I've seen those things before, and they just it's they they don't ever seem to like pan out real well, or or they're just it's a race to the bottom, like super commoditizing. Like what's the is it Elance or Odesk or those you know that are just yeah, I was going to say, it's I mean, just it, it so could much be something garbage, like that. So much garbage. It just really attracts um, poor, poor talent and, and poor clients. That's just not how people that, are, uh, that have a level of maturity to their organization or their skills, that's just not how they, generally how they, how they well, do Well, I mean, it, it could also work a different way. I mean, it could work in some kind of bidding thing where... I put my project out there and say, hey, I need this type of work done. A few people bid on it and tell me their rate and I go, I pick them. Oh, that'll work real well. <laughs> Take a lowest, lowest bidder on all your Salesforce work. <laughs> Not A lot of people will choose the lowest bidder and they'll get what they pay for, yeah. but other people will do their diligence and that's how our logo was made. I went to a site because I could not find a local designer who would touch us because we're not we're we, not spending we pretty fifty thousand dollars on a logo. But we pretty much didn't even use that process. We ended up just kind of breaking off and doing our no, own but, uh, process. With it was basically and, a brokered deal. I put my project out there. A, a few people responded, and the guy I picked was not the lowest rate. In fact, I was not looking for the lowest rate. I was looking for someone who who had a good portfolio. Yeah. And and I looked at his portfolio and I said, yeah, this is the kind of he does the kind of stuff that I that looks like something I want to do. Yeah. And we went from fixed, there. And, that wasn't a fixed bid, though, was it? No, it was salary. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I. It's a special. I do how what much, he does. Right. I'm not gonna, <laughs> not gonna put, do that to yeah. him. So, it, it could work. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, ex, I don't, ex, I don't have any expectations. So, for so it, imagine but, if there's a job posting and you could bid and you bid your terms and someone picks you at your terms. I mean, would you feel good about that, or would you still feel? No, I would never do that. They they, they picked your hourly yes. rate. They picked you know your terms of engagement. There, there your, are everything. so many more subtleties and things you need to know and get to know about that about that organization or that person. Yeah. Well, here here's the other kicker about those type of things. The like the company that we went through for our logo. I liked our designer a lot, but anytime I want to work with him from here on in the future, I have to go through that site, and the money has to flow through that site because they take their cut. Yeah. And there's there's actually terms and conditions on him and on me for like two years or something we're bound by. And if we want to get out of that, where if I just say, screw you guys, I want to work with him directly. I think I, I would have had to pay like $20,000. Yeah. And I don't know if 10 K, I don't know if they'll actually broker the projects. If they, if they actually paper the projects and the fees run through them or they, they could com- commission that, but I don't see how they regardless, can, if that, they want the cut, that creates another problem. Right. And they, and they're going to feel like they have to protect themselves just like this logo company or whatever that was does. You know, they have, they have to put a clause in there. And we, would the, we use a service for babysitters. And if we want to hire a babysitter outside that service after that, 
you know, we have to pay them, you know, it's like 20 grand or something, something, some stupid number. Yeah. So they have to put some stupid thing in their contract, some ridiculous thing because they, because they're paranoid and they have to feel like they have to protect themselves. And these, these, that's why these, these things work on secrecy and on, on contract. They're saying, hey, um, we know all these people who can do this work, but we're going to keep that a secret. And the only thing, the only value we're adding him here is we'll, if you pay us or agree to pay us and then agree to pay our extortion fee if you ever want to get out of the contract, <laughs> then we'll tell you the person's name and we'll hook you up with them. I mean, it's is it extortion? Really, is it saying, you know, oh, hey, I don't know. We, 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 we made, we brokered this connection between you two and it's a good match. And now you guys want to leave and keep us out of the loop, even though we're responsible for this really great match. Yeah. They want, they want to keep, they want to keep milking that the, the whole time, right? Well, they do. And I'm, I, I'm not and how long do, how long does that last forever? I, I, did you see a link to their contract on their side? No, I didn't either. We need more information. Yeah. We really do. But I mean, just speaking in general terms of different things that we've tried and done, that that's you know, been our experience. Again, again, Salesforce is still somewhat on an upswing, and there's still more companies popping up. And it's just, you know, I mean, I get bombarded every day with emails from companies and all this, you know, offshore and and uh, stuff. You know, oh, you know, dear kind sir, could you please take a moment to you know entertain our services that we provide? You know, we fifteen dollars an hour, and we'll you know program this. Or and I was like, okay. Whatever. I mean, I just you get bombarded with that stuff. It's and it's all around. I mean, it's a lot of that around the Salesforce space now. Mm. Um, but you know, even just like domestically, there's just there's so many companies that have gotten into Salesforce. And it, earlier it was the small companies, and little startups, and now it's Accenture and IBM, right? Yeah, and whoever else. And uh, so yeah, you're just you see just all kinds of things like this, 10K advisors and. You know, recruiters that have specializations in Salesforce. It's, I don't know. Do you work with, uh, what are they called? Contingency recruiters? I refuse to. I will not. I don't know what that is. Um, it's, it's recruiters that um, get paid when, not, not a fee, but they get paid when they deliver a candidate that gets accepted. Mm. So they're, basically their goal the whole time is to, for you not to find out who the client is. Interesting. Yeah. And they'll do everything they can to prevent you from like, you know, sending your resume to working with anyone else. And it's just, it's real. I don't, shady. I don't get that far with anybody, but I, I have noticed that they're the, the offers, whether contract or permanent have been very vague. Yeah. A lot of shady stuff out there. Fortune 500 company would like to hire a three month, oh, yeah, for exactly. a three month right. contract. And it's like, Oh, who, what's the project? <laughs> they don't what know. the details? I can tell you. Right. What's the rate? What's the terms? Yeah. What's <laughs> I don't know yeah. nothing. Did we talk about Microsoft's like professional degree program or whatever that was? Was that a while back? I just saw it pop up again. <clears throat> no, I don't think so. Well, because they they did. I could have sworn we talked about because they have a bunch of courses and and like a new almost like their. Uh, it's like a learning system for. Uh, what's their ERP thing called? Dynamics, right? Mm-hmm. But now they have a some kind of professional degree program is what they're calling it, and it looks like it's all around data science for the most part. But they use um, this edx.org, which is collaboration between you know a few of these top universities, and you can basically get on and do uh, so, you know, real classes. Um, they're they're online, but um, I think I think most of them are data science focused, and you can mm-hmm. get different ones. Some of them take longer than others, and um, they're overall pretty inexpensive. But like their biggest. The biggest degree program they have costs like I think it's gets up to like four or five hundred bucks for the whole for the whole thing, but it's the courses, it's it's the um, 
the the assignments, the projects, and then you know when you finish it, you get there, you get a you know certification that you finish this. Program. Yeah, I I think I've been to that site and I've seen some of the things. So I was looking at the dynamics to see what they offered because I wanted to compare it to what Salesforce was doing, and um, they only had a few things on dynamics, which was interesting. They had like maybe two courses. I think it, I think I saw a lot more than that. Did you? But it's also it's also really new though. I think. Yeah. So who knows. I just I think think it's interesting how it's, I feel like we have a you know post secondary education crisis going on in, at least in this country where it's gotten so insanely expensive and people end up with you know decades of student debt yeah um, and then they can't and they can't get a job and so it's like should we be you know I mean because you hear this oh, every you know every kid should go to college well really should they is that a good idea. Because, because then, then you have to quit. Well, because if you say that, and if, you, if that catches on, and then if you have the Fed, the federal um, gra- uh, grants and federal back loans for all that, well, everyone's going to go to college. And not everyone, obviously, but lots of people will. And that just drives up the demand for college, which then the, the prices keep going up. I mean, they've skyrocketed, like skyrocketed um, over the past 20 years. It's like it's four, around like four to six times inflation. Um. It's just the the, price, the costs are insane, and I think, gosh, when you know my kids are old enough to go to college, I mean, will that even be good advice? Oh, you should go to college. Well, I don't know. I'm not not sure you should. Depends on what you want to do. You know. Yeah. I mean, sure, if you want to be a doctor, be a doctor or engineer. But I mean, like, if you want to be in, if you want to be a, a Salesforce coder, <laughs> or a, or a point and click admin, you know, should you get a four year liberal arts degree and end up with, you know, at the time, what's going to be a quarter million dollars in debt? I don't know. No, I don't know you that should, it does you that. You should probably go for a computer science degree if you're going to work in technology. Uh, I, not well, a. I don't even know about that. I feel like computer science degrees very uh, poorly equip people to actually build software. Uh, that, that's why there's all these code camps and there's yeah. all the like all the software engineering programs that actually teach you how to build software. Right. I think those might be more useful from a practical yeah. level. You know, just that idea of everyone should have this you know rounded liberal arts education. It's, it's it just seems like a a 19th and 20th century idea that just for this just brutal like skill-based um, economy where there's there's no loyalty between employer and worker and right. whatever. It's just, I don't know. I'm not sure that, that just, I don't think your employer values that. So do you see a lot of these kind of online certification places, things like what Microsoft does? Um, what are some of the other ones out there like, like Treehouse and... Code Academy um, or whatever, all these different, yeah. um, the, all the boot camps that there are and everything. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, if I, you know, if a, if a, if a relatively bright person went to a, a code boot camp, uh, a good one, one of the good mm-hmm. ones, and, and graduated or whatever, I mean, they'd probably be more valuable to you than someone right out of a MIT CS program. Hmm. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Just a thought. So anything on your mind, John, besides the MVP stuff? It's been two weeks, man. It hasn't, but I don't know how relevant some of this news is anymore. I feel like the, um, there hasn't been a lot of lot of Salesforce news. It seems pretty quiet. I, I try to skim the news every couple of days and just haven't seen that much. You know, they're dropping support for a ton of mobile devices for Salesforce One, I guess. Yeah. You see that? I heard that. Um, let's see, where is it? They'll, yeah, in support for Salesforce One on on all Android devices except Samsung and Nexus. You know one thing I noticed? I noticed this when the Salesforce One app gets an update. Do you ever read the release notes for it? Mm-mm. 
they require like almost the latest version of iOS nine of iOS. You know, some some people have yeah. a policy of like trying to support like one or two major versions back. Right. Salesforce, it's this it's this major version, and you have to have I think it's nine point two plus is what you have to have. What is it's, it? It's well, really Apple's, aggressive. Apple only supports the last three versions, right? Oh, for as far as OS or uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, what? Do you, I think three. What do you mean for? What do you mean they only support the last three versions? Well, on your on your on your phone, that you have to have one of the le- most latest three versions, and then it stops updating. I'm sorry. You're talking about phone generations? Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> so kind of the other way around. Yeah. yeah, I think that's similar to that. Um, I mean, I think you should probably be updated anyway. I guess the downside, though, is if you, if you are on an older phone that's not getting the, the iOS updates, like if you can't get to iOS 9, if you're stuck on iOS 8, then you're definitely not going to be running Salesforce 1. Right. But, you know, I noticed they, you know, they dropped, for example, the iPad Mini 3 is dropped. I'm like, damn, I have an iPad Mini 2 that I feel works great, and I wouldn't even think of replacing right now. It's less than two years old. And Apple was selling that device less than a year ago. It was still being sold in their stores. Yeah. But now it's not supported by Salesforce One. I'm, I'm like, why? It's just a damn HTML5 app. It's Cordova. Why? How is this not? It's just a web browser. Maybe, maybe there's some security issue that they don't want to have to deal with. I don't know. I mean, maybe there just is enough subtleties to all these different devices and platforms that there are little subtle bugs. No, there probably are. I mean, this is. Software. I don't know. I think some of the things they've been doing around Lightning and the the getting into trying to um, silo your client side JavaScript, I think that requires some more modern browsers that can handle that or at least enable it. And I think that's well, like that's the issue. My iPad Mini runs the latest, the very latest iOS and browser. But that's what. <sighs> hmm. I'm sure. That, I'm sure there's a reason to you know. I'll, I'll give you that. There's, it's just I don't that know. could be hardware performance. I don't know. It could be like, you know, we don't want we, our, 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 our app is already <laughs> slow enough. I don't need you running <laughs> it on a slower right. device. Exactly. Like maybe it's so inefficient that it literally has to have like the latest hardware. Well, I mean, they 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 do a lot. I mean, with Lightning, they do that aggressive caching, and maybe they need those devices to be a little faster and have more storage capability by default. Yeah. Could be. I mean, they don't say it has to have like 16 gig or a 32 gig model or anything. No, but this is also new. I mean, the, the fact that they're yeah. caching. They, I mean, they should be saying you should on. Uh, well, how can they? We, we, I don't know how much they're caching. I don't know how aggressive their garbage collection is for that caching or if there is such a thing. Yeah. I wonder, does anyone go look at, you know, you can see your storage usage by app. I wonder, do people look in that and see how, what si- the size of that is? I don't know. Because I know Salesforce One can do. Um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not an active user enough to. Do, yeah, I yeah. mean, I have like maybe chatter running right every so often. But I know they they do support um, offline caching of certain things. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, most of it's not the caching they're doing. It's it's um it's like mostly just textual data for the most part. It's probably just stored as JSON or something. Talking about records, like some accounts and some contacts and some records get pretty big. Well, that's true. Oh, and in a and if you just if your sheer number of records, but yeah, I don't know what their caching algorithm looks like in terms of what it decides to cache maybe stuff you've looked at or yeah I don't know yeah that, that, that's the thing with it that's such a I've never used that part of their SD, the mobile SDK because I always look at it and think there's no way it can get this right there's no way it's going to know what I needed to cache so I just I don't use it yeah um, did you ever use Cloud9 or did you use Cloud9 have you ever tried it out 
Um, <laughs> that was the top of discussion. Um, I tried it when it first came out, and I think I met some of those guys at Dreamforce when they were first releasing, or when they're right before they released it. They they were talking about it and demoing it. Um, and it was before the tooling API came out. Um, and so it wasn't that great. Yeah. Uh, and that, they, really, they were, they, were, they, were, they were still new and they were still focusing on the other languages they were supporting. But Salesforce was something they wanted to add on okay. to it. So yeah. it wasn't like it was this thing built for Salesforce. It was built to be an online IDE, a web-based IDE. Um, and then they wanted to incorporate Salesforce into it. But of course, Salesforce and the way the API works and things, it, that's difficult to work with. It's Very not like difficult. any other language. Right. So, well, so the news was that Amazon bought. Did we did we mention that Amazon bought? Cloud, we we or, didn't mention it, but yeah, that that I think specifically AWS bought the AWS division bought Cloud Nine. That's interesting, isn't it? I mean, does does that mean that Amazon's going to have more of a you know ability to either modify your code that you publish, or are they trying to create a platform no. where you can just go to the, on completely be online developing and coding or whatever? I think it's the latter. I think they, they're moving up the tool stack. So you don't think it's like, oh, I've got this file on, on my server and I just want to be able to quickly do a quick edit on it. Maybe, but that's... Usually Amazon doesn't go that far. Like, you know, you can... You pick an AMI, like for ECT, like you pick an AMI or something, but I mean, whatever goes on that, that's that's up to you, whether you're baking your own AMIs or whether you're doing Puppet or Chef or whether you're doing containers, Docker Lightweight containers. It's kind of up to you. They don't They don't get into your instance and do stuff mm-hmm. usually for the most part. Um, no, I just, I'm, I'm guessing that they just, it's time for them to move up the, up the stack of tools and have a good um, developer editor tool that they can build some customizations to and make it easy to do stuff on AWS. But I think it's going to be up to you to actually, actually, you know, does that make them more of a competing platform in terms of with competing with who? I don't know, like, you know, just, online development platforms. Well, say Salesforce, where you can actually code and build in the cloud. I don't think so. Versus selling CPU. I mean, that's... I guess you're assuming the developer console is competitive with anything. Because I don't really... I don't think it is. What would have been really cool is if Salesforce would have bought Cloud9. I I, I mean, in terms of... You're not really running anything locally. Everything is on the server, including your development. Yeah. I don't know if that's... Yeah, I don't know if that's Where, what... Yeah, I mean, that's what Salesforce is. Your right. compiles are happening on, on in the cloud, we'll say. And that's not really AWS's play, really. They're, you know, they're kind of infrastructure and you do with it. It's most of their tools. I mean, at least the, the original things are, are pretty low level. It's, it's up to you. You know, they're providing you. They're basically like a utility provider. Like here's your like you know, the, the analogy like is here's your electricity from your electricity company, plug into it. What do you, what, what do you want? They don't they don't care as long as you don't fry their grid. They don't care what you do with it. It's up to you. You know, you want lights, you want a stereo, you want a washing machine, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's usually AWS's, but you know they moved up. I mean they have platform as a service now, which is provides more services on top of that that are kind of more opinionated. And there's data stuff and the Heroku model. And, yeah, you know, that's funny. I mean, AWS, I don't, in my opinion, from the products that I know that they have, like I've used Elastic Beanstalk, and it, it's not even really, uh, to me, Elastic Beanstalk, it's, it's actually a hybrid of infrastructure and platform. Mm-hmm. It's not really full platform. I mean, like Heroku is a much more uh, developed platform as a service. 
Like there's a lot more there. There's a lot more conveniences and things they're doing for you, services in that area. Whereas I feel like Amazon, their their PaaS stuff is really kind of hybrid IaaS PaaS. You know, I mean, yeah, um, when you start up an instance of Beanstalk, you know, they, they do, they, they kind of provision, they provision the, the hardware for you. They provision a load balancer for you. Um, they can they can auto scale your actual application servers. Mm-hmm. So if it's Java or Python or whatever, uh, as long as you tie into their profiling thing, right? So they know when they need to scale. So they'll do that. But they, I don't know. That's kind of it. Whereas Heroku's just got all kinds of stuff that that they've got at a runtime level. That you know, with Heroku, I don't. You're not. It's not. You're really not spinning up your own things. You're. I don't know how you. I, I don't have a. I'm not doing it. I won't be able to eloquently describe that, but I just feel like, I feel like Heroku's got a, a lot more value-added stuff in the PaaS layer than, than mm-hmm. AWS does. So compar- comparatively to Microsoft's service offering, which has so many layers to it. Yeah, and I, I would imagine that Microsoft has, I haven't used, I really haven't done much with the whole Azure stack, but you know, they started out mainly as infrastructure, but they've got so much now, so many yeah. services. It I mean, exploded. Uh, up, I mean, it, to, up to application services, like yeah. full-on enterprise apps are basically being folded into their that division, um, mm-hmm. their cloud division. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I just think Amazon wants, um, wanted to control a, a good editor slash IDE type of thing that they could really tailor or, or have plugins to it that, um, that, Make it easier to use or to work with Amazon services and something they, but they also need control over, which is why yeah, someone their size has to buy it because they have to have control over it. I think. Do you think in any way it was a mercy buy? <laughs> we really like you guys. I don't know. Our team yeah. uses you guys, and you're you're thinking about going away. Why don't we just buy you? So Cloud Nine <laughs> counted as their customers: SoundCloud, Atlassian, and Salesforce. Our users of Cloud Nine. Of course, that's funny because that's one of those things like someone with a Salesforce email address once bought a one copy of. Cloud well, not Nine. even so that. Now, I mean, now, some, now some, some small shop division. Some guy said, "Hey, I want to use a Cloud Nine, and someone handed him the Salesforce credit card, and yeah, right. you know, <laughs> now Salesforce logo is is. <laughs> so Cloud Nine is interesting. They they have a free tier, but otherwise it's there. There's two tiers. There's a nineteen dollar a month and a twenty nine dollar a month. They can even at the nineteen dollar a month. That, that puts it more expensive than like IntelliJ. It's $220 a year. Yeah. $240 a year. That's subscription-based modeling for you. That's way to go, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta watch that deferred revenue, though. I'm gonna start telling people to subscribe to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's basically, that's the retainer model, right? Yeah. It's, it it's just we renamed it from retainer to subscription. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was there was something else? There was a let me see what this was. Oh yeah, Infoworld had this article, and it's the title of it is "Hot Job Alert." Salesforce or no? It says become a Salesforce coder, and it's just about how there's all these job openings for Salesforce people, and they've got examples of you know these like high salaries and stuff. But it, you know, my first thought was okay. This is how I need to. I, this is how I know that I need to get out of the Salesforce business. When you start seeing major articles called "Hot Job Alert: Become a Salesforce Coder." Okay, <laughs> I'm officially done with this bullshit. <laughs> um, but no, they had. Um, no, so they, they when had, you start getting the na- nighttime infomercials. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
So they, they have examples of like architect roles, you know, at 150,000 up to 200,000, which, which sounds about right. Um, you know, I think a, a good experienced Salesforce developer. I mean, and of course, so much of this is regional. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're in Wyoming, it's probably not going to pay as well as it does in San Francisco. But like around here, an experienced developer, you know, you're, you're well above 100,000, I think. And if you're architect level, which we know that's a loaded word, but whatever, you know what that means. That's, yeah, that's sounds like that's 150 plus. And probably in the Bay Area, for example, it's probably 200, right? But then they talk about, you know, and contract rates for developers range from $65 to $85 per hour. Ouch. I'm like, <laughs> does this person not know how to do math or, or what? Because um, that's about half. Yeah. If not less than half of the actual going rates. Um, but here's funny, but then further, you know, they, they, you know, they talk about how, you know, it's all, you've got to have your certif, you know, don't even hide, don't even try to apply somewhere without your cert. They have a quote from someone. It's like, you, you know, the first thing's first, you got to have your certifications. He's like, if you don't have your certifications, you're not, you're not going to get past HR or whatever. But then, then under that, it, well, I don't want to work for a company where that's how HR picks their people. I know. No, it, it is. It's, it's very sad, but that's how a lot of companies, um, but then later it says, you know, soft skills and communication are, are highly important. Um, soft skills. Yeah. What is a soft skill? Well, it's weird. It's just like, again, this goes back to checkbox hiring. Like, and we, we could do, could do a series of episodes on this. This is how much I have to say about, <laughs> about hiring and about, um, All right, how, let's go for it. How to Part find one people. starting next week. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you've heard this before. I'm sure. Um, the way to the, really the way for most times, most cases, the way you want to hire developers is you find the best developer you can find that has a culture fit for your, for your company, right? That, that, you know, has the right soft skills and knows how to manage their work and can work well with people and, you know, and just, and can solve problems, right? And all this kind of stuff. You hire that person, right? Mm-hmm. And then you teach them the Java or the .NET or whatever it is. Assuming they're okay with like working on, I mean, they have to want to work on the technology that you've got there, but you don't, you don't hire for a specific technology or skill usually. I mean, there's some exceptions, right? Well, I, if you're if you're hiring for a team building Java, you kind of want to hire someone who knows Java. Um, not necessarily. That's where that's where a lot of people would argue with you. I see what you're saying. I mean, a good developer is a good developer. It doesn't matter what language, but because in a lot of cases, depending on how constrained a certain sub market, a sub uh, you know labor market is, you might be able to. I mean, the best Java developer you may be able to find, you know, could be some wacko who you know, can't stay awake during the day and has attitudes in meetings. Yeah. So, but if you got some other developers, really awesome, but he hadn't done that much with Java, hire that other guy. Unless, unless it's just, this is just for like a four week little, you know, wham, bam, you're done thing. But assuming this is a hire that yeah. you're building a team. I mean, yeah, hire the best hire person. The best developer, yeah. it, it, tr- I, I get Training that. them on Salesforce is no big deal. I mean, yeah. a good developer can pick up Salesforce in two weeks. So that, just that idea of like, you're just you're rejecting people by looking at the resume and saying that they don't have this couple of checkboxes on some certification or something. That it's just it's absolute stupidity. It's it's extremely lazy, and it's saying I don't give enough of a shit about my company to hire good people. I'm going to do the laziest thing possible. Well, it's it's also assuming that the labor pool is so huge that you have to arbitrarily chop chop it in half based on not. some arbitrary filter, uh, and it's not. No, it, exactly. It's not, the, it's not that big. What well, the problem is, is they're saying is the labor pool is not big enough. Yeah. 
Right? It's not that the problem is not that you have, you know, you put on an ad and you get 200 resumes. The problem is if you put on an ad and you don't, you know, you get two resumes. Right. But I mean, those type of filters, that's what that's meant or supposed to be for is to try to, you know, whittle down the list. Yeah. I mean, at some point, if it just becomes a numbers problem, I, I, I can see that. Like if you're like, okay, we got 500 resumes yeah. and there's no way we can go through more than 200. Okay. Right. Fine. You're going to find something, but try them. I don't know. But, but the that's default tough. that, you know, oh, it's, it's, it's got to have your cert. I'm not even going to look at it. But okay, you're not doing your job then. Well, and also you're you're also biasing towards people who who may not be that great, but they know how to game the system. They know that's how you hire. People know that's how yeah. you hire. And you're also gonna have people that are just not that great. They haven't in, actually invested in themselves in a deep way. They've invested in themselves in a, a surface way. And they may have all kinds of other baggage and problems too, but they know how to game the system because they know how you hire. Right. Now, I, I know the point you're making on this article, but some people, in, in general terms of hiring, or if you just out of college and you need something, certifications could be a, a, di- a differentiator for you. It could be a way to, to get your foot in the door and say, right. you know, I, I at least I went and yep. did the extra work. I got the certification. I at least know what's going on here. Right. Oh, yeah, totally agree. And, and like I said, I mean, I think I've said this before, but definitely wouldn't encourage people to not get certification. Right. I mean, if that's what, if, it, if it's working for you and if that's how <clears throat> that's how you can get interviews or that's how you got your job or whatever then absolutely do it and I'm, I'm just speaking more to employers um that are more mature and looking to you know really get the best people they can and and hire in the in most efficient way <clears throat> i mean you want you want a better hit rate right you want a better batting average as a as a, as a hirer right. as an employer because you're never going to hire perfectly. You're always going to have people that, that don't work out. But what's your what's the rate? You know. Well, if they're offering eighty dollars an hour, you're not going to get the best people applying. Well, that's the other thing. You've got it right. I mean, there's this is a this is a market. It's a free market, and yeah. and there's a supply and demand. You know, do you want? I mean, do you want your that your skill level people to be more like you know when you walk into a Google or Facebook, or do you want your skill level to be more like when you walk into you know, the Department of Motor Vehicles. Not that I have anything against people who work in the Department of Motor Vehicles, but, <laughs> well, I mean, I guess maybe a more fair example is I was talking to um, a guy on this uh, trip last weekend, and his wife is, is a lawyer, and she works for the state. And she makes, like, basically what a starting teacher would make. And she's a lawyer who works for really? the state. Yeah. Wow. I'm sure what my point was on that. That all lawyers drove Porsches. No, you know, I don't know because the you know the state employs like thousands of lawyers. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't quite get that. Mm. Private teachers make more. Private lawyers make more. That's I'm, true. I'm starting to see a trend here. <laughs> well, some people want to work for the the public. They want to work for the government. Yeah, but they want to be a public defender, for example. Like in. Oh uh, yeah, I guess yeah. I didn't even think about that. I don't know why I didn't think of that. <laughs> But uh, yeah. So have you have you have you tried it? Do you want to try it? Does Amazon? You went back to Cloud Nine. I went back to Cloud Nine. Okay. So does Amazon owning Cloud Nine make you want to use it more? Give it a shot. I'm, or are you still happy with your choice of I'm, IntelliJ? Yeah, I'm, I'm. Yeah, I'd really like IntelliJ, and this the this illuminated illuminated cloud thing is is working pretty well for me. Um, I haven't used the Cloud Nine. I actually, I think I I think I played with Cloud Nine really briefly a long time ago, but I never. This is pre, I think, the Salesforce plugin they had for it. Yeah. Um, I, I, do I a haven't lot of, heard great things about it, though. I, I do a lot of coding offline, so I don't, 
I mean, I don't, I don't know, I don't want to have to log in or be online to build a code. I don't either, and I want my files on my hard drive. Yeah. at all times. Yeah. I mean, that's really kind of good because the reason why I don't really, I don't do that in the whole dev console model. Yeah, it's it's not my thing. I, I, I is is it us being old <laughs> that we want we want our files on our on our hard drive? You know, is 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 there, is there a generation that goes? I don't care. Well, I mean, I'm online anyways. I live in a country with broadband. Well, I'm not, I, I don't hurt for like, bandwidth. Okay, so the problems with that are like I'm not always online. Um, and if you don't have your files locally, I mean, there's but you work on a on Salesforce. It's online. That's the only way you can compile. No, but I do a lot of stuff before even compiling. Right? I mean, you know, find in path or you know, get operations and all kinds of things that I that I do before I even submit anything to Salesforce. Okay, so you do all that and then you click save and you're not online. What do you do? Well, you don't. That's a, that's a, I don't have a solution there. That's that's a problem that Salesforce needs to fix. I'm just saying, if if this trends and more and more of our code ends up in the cloud, oh, I hate saying that in the cloud on some server somewhere, yeah. someone else's computer, <laughs> on someone else's computer. <laughs> I need to get that sticker by yeah. the way. <laughs> if it ends up on someone else's computer, you know, do I care? Maybe maybe I'm coding it on my my new shiny new tablet, and all my code is not on my tablet. Yeah. It's on a server somewhere. I've seen people do experiments like that. How long they can go on a tablet, like yeah. as a software developer. Usually they can get they can get a certain amount away, but then they usually give up. I mean, if you could if you could get everything done you need to get done. I mean, if if um if all the functions you need to do across all these all their files and and version control and all that, if that was all if they solved all those things, then if it worked really well, I, th- I think I would try it. I just don't think anyone solved it well enough yet. Yeah. And I still have the problem of I don't always have a connection. Which does kind of preclude, obviously, like compiling Salesforce. But I, there's other stuff I can do that. I mean, you're not going to do much on Salesforce at that point. No. You can do some. You just have to wait till later to find out <laughs> all the messes you created. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll be, you'll be clicking save over and over. Yeah. Um, also, just even if you do have a good connection, there's still just the delay thing that's not. You know, and even offices that are well, supposed yeah, to have I mean, places that are supposed to have great internet. Sometimes the internet's not great, and now you're just now you're dealing with that, man. Yeah, but let's say we all had this like one meg pipe <laughs> directly to Salesforce. I could get one gig pipe, maybe. I'm thinking big M, not still. Not that's lower. not very much, is it? Yeah, one meg per second. Meg per second. I have three hundred at home, or no, not megabytes. I have, have 30, 30, 30 yeah. like thirty-ish megabytes. Yeah. I'm just saying, look, give me a. <clears throat> I don't know. Either way, yeah. It, we had a big pipe to Salesforce. We can we can push whatever we want. It it doesn't matter because we're still gonna have to wait for the system itself to compile to run its integration tests. Right. But just when I'm editing files or grepping through something or whatever, like that, just would have to be lightning fast. And if it is, then maybe that w- would work. Then you have to worry about it, your hard. It is dri- lightning. <laughs> Actually, it'd be like like that. Slow motion, slow, slow motion lightning. I feel like we didn't really have many topics, but it's already uh, we're about an hour and a half, and it's getting late. Rain. So comes. you're not gonna let me talk about anybody's topics because you got to all of yours. I That's asked fine. you what was on your mind. That's fine. I asked you what was on your That's mind. Fine. Besides MVP, and you didn't say anything. I did. I, I do want to mention. Did you hear about the stack has changed new documentation? I don't know. Thing. I don't know. What? Thing. Maybe not. Um. So they they have this new documentation site that it's a beta. And it's meant to 
it's an evolution of, you know, you go to Stack Exchange, someone gives you a bunch of examples. But in this case, it's documentation. So for Java, people will go in and contribute example code of things. Hmm. So, and Salesforce has a few topics on there right now. They've got four topics. They're pretty basic. What's the URL? Um, stackoverflow.com forward slash documentation. Um, and so it's similar to the way Stack Overflow. You can contribute. People can edit it. It's community driven, so you can edit it, you can contribute, you can add, you can review, approve, you know, you can do all those kind of things. So, I, I not don't know. just little common snippets, I guess, right? It, yeah, it could be. Can, you know, creating and initializing arrays. Oh, and, wait a minute. Oh, interesting. And they get you, they get voted up or down too, just like yeah, all the things. Exactly. Wow. I mean, what's the difference between that and, and asking a question, what's the best way to create and initialize an array in Stack Overflow? You, you'd end up with the same answer. Maybe this is just better categorized or something. Yeah, I'm not sure what they're going to do with it. Um, I think it's interesting, though. I think because it's, it's very focused on documentation itself. It's not just someone's question. It's here's, I, I guess it could evolve into people who maybe own that platform, like maybe you know, someone Salesforce come in and say, here's the best way to do this. Here's how you do this. Here's how you do this. Or someone in the community just says, here's, you know, all these best practices that we write in our blogs and all those kind of things. We start putting them in here. Yeah. Hmm. Hashes, creating a hash. I guess. I mean, I could see that being valuable. Especially if it's, you know, Stack Overflow is pretty good at getting, um, ranking good in Google searches. Mm -hmm. So as long as, because th that's usually how you find things on Stack Overflow. You, you search, you Google search, and yeah, pops up in right. Stack, and you go look at it. But I think it's interesting because when when someone offers an answer, they're usually offering an answer to something very specific. But I think this is more general. This is you know, if you were to write a trigger, here's how you would do it. Or if you wanted to write best practices trigger, here's how you would do it. In fact, the the cynical part of me says that this is just Stack the Stack Exchange company trying to feed Google more. More surface area in Google. Because sure. like I said, most of these things, you could, if you just ask that, look, that same question has been asked on Stack Overflow and you could, that answer's there. This is just more ways and more, more surface area, more things to feed Google. Yeah, but I think this is focused, and I, I feel like I'm trying to defend it, but I, I think I'm just trying to convey what I think the idea of it is, is that... It looks really new t still too. So. It, it's in beta, so it's really new. So let's say you contribute some code and I go in and, and I could version your code. I could modify it. I could edit it. We're both, we're collaborating on this piece of code. You know, mm -hmm. it, here's how you write a trigger. And maybe the way I wrote my trigger was kind of not the best way. And you come in and say, well, it'd be better if you did this. And we're both collaborating this, this example code and we're making it better. Yeah. And now anytime someone finds it, it's this well-vetted piece of code. Whereas as a response to someone, you know, you could, you'll see someone's example code here and it got voted up and it's the top voted answer or even marked as the answer by the person who asked the question. But maybe someone else coming in and finding it goes, well, that's not really the best way to do it. Or maybe it's changed. Maybe there's a better way to do it now because Salesforce added a new feature or a language offered, I don't know, maybe we have generics now hey, and there's a better way to do it. Maybe Salesforce will add a switch statement. To <laughs> maybe. And so you could evolve that. You could evolve versus, you know, this thread of all these different pieces of code. We're now collaborating on, on a single piece of code and making it better. Yeah. And then those who are finding it We'll find something that's a little more refined. Yeah, some of these answers are really long, and I and I wonder like this is like pages long. I wonder if you're comparing like three different answers, all three of which are really long. Right. I mean, you're gonna have one answer that's probably 
got some things right and other end, so that's got some of the other things. Well, better. I do. I read the threads, and some people are like, well, say, uh, it'll be marked as correct. Like, this is the one that answered my question. And you read the threads a little bit more, and someone finds a flaw in that or why that's not the best way to do that. But it, it wasn't, it, no one went in and marked it and said, oh, well, maybe that's not the right way. That's usually how those answers get improved and fixed, though, in, in the Stack Overflow world, right? They cut through the comments, like they'll come and say, oh, you got this one thing wrong. And, oh, thanks. So or if you have enough points, you can I mean, get the, in there and People fix will, will upvote it, but it's not always changed to be the right answer. It usually is. Not always. I didn't say always, John. I didn't say always. <laughs> okay. The vast majority of the time on any question that gets any amount of views on it, people will go in there. These nerds, that's, that's half of them, that's all they do. They I go in there looking for answers to fix. I agree. So if you, I mean, I've had many of my answers that get, you know, either I got something um, meaningfully wrong or just like, they link up things better or fix my punctuation or something like that. I mean, there's people constantly fixing answers. But here's the thing. I mean, they're fixing specifics. So this code will be here and someone's comment will be, that's fine, but line three needs to be this because it's, it, it avoids this other problem. Right. Or if it's null, you're going to get this error. So do it like this. Mm-hmm. But it's, these, it's a threaded comment. It's a threaded fix. It's not actually contributing to the original code. No, they do. You can go edit the answers. Okay. That's what that's the big part of how you earn points reputation on Stack Overflow is by editing answers. And these nerds, man, they're okay. maybe I haven't made it to edit someone else's answer mode. You haven't edited an le- answer God before. Level. I've I've contributed and commented and, and but I, I've never actually gone in and said I'm changing your answer. Oh wow, I've done that a bunch. Oh, well, okay, you're better than me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we've probably just spent more time on it than you. I, I haven't been able to spend time. I, 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 I used to be really big on it. I think, think you and I were competing on the Salesforce thing for a while, and um, I, I couldn't keep up. Yeah, I don't spend near as much time as I used to. I used to look for questions to answer, and now I don't at all. Yeah. I had a feed. I had a feed, and it would pop in, and I'd go out and see if I could answer it, but I, I just don't have the time. Something happens whenever you, you start. Every hour counts as a dollar. Yep. <laughs> you know? And when I was a salary and I had extra time and I could plan my day and I knew, you know, when my day was going to start and stop and I had all my projects lined up, it was easier to find time to do that. But yep. when every hour, every hour counts, it's tough. Yes. But, you know, it's one of those things you should try to make some time for because they're almost kind of professional development things. Like, it's good to just to like, yeah, I'm going to start, I'm going to look at some of these new questions and see if I can answer them. And if I can, I'm going to go try to find the answer. It's, that's, that's a good thing to do. It's just like you said, especially when you have a family and what, yeah. whatever. You got to pick your, what you're going to focus on. And we have the podcast that we have to prepare That's for. True. And, <clears throat> and that really takes and, like most of the oxygen out of the room for me, the podcast. Yeah. It's, it's an investment. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, we got a review. Did you want to? Oh yeah, let's do that. And then let's wrap up. I got to find it now. So you got to vamp. <laughs> see what else I had on my list. Waterfalls. Did you back. hear about um, waterfalls back, John? Waterfall. Kent Beck said so. Water. Oh. We, can, we can make that a topic next week, but that's a little teaser. Teaser for you. That's a teaser. Yeah. Did you hear the rumor that Apple might buy Formula One? No, I heard that from Shell. He would know, right? Yeah. He's into that stuff. I tried to read up a little bit on it as I'm trying to search for the review. <laughs> I thought you had this app, the system that sent just sent you the reviews. I do, but then I. I I flagged it for later, so I got to find it in my snoozed, which I just found. Do I send it to you or I'm just reading it? I don't care. Whatever you want to do. I'll just read it. It's easier. Okay. So this is from, I don't know who this is, PRB04. Okay. 
pretty rad bro. Pretty rad. Like our, our pretty rad. Number four, which means we have one, two, and three pretty rad That's, bros. Oh, wow. Yeah. Could be pretty. I'm trying to think about it. Is babe, is that is that a bad word to use for a woman? Pretty rad babe. I don't, we don't know gender. That's true. That's what I'm just saying. I would, oh. I want to cover the bros and the babes. Oh, oh I see what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> and this is from the UK. Uh, great podcast. Enjoy the variety of technology discussions, not just Salesforce. Also enjoy their discussions of Salesforce, which is very honest and breaks away a lot of the marketing. Keep it at, keep at it, gents. Cool. Thank you. So thank you. Pretty rad person. And while we're on, on the subject of thanking, thank, I thank everyone who, <laughs> all the MVPs who showed up with our shirt. Oh yeah, that's cool. Um, Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Yeah, it's always cool to see see that stuff get used and and worn and so yeah. And I want to say I know I know get animated, like especially when you're talking about the the MVP summit. But it's not at the MVPs. It's at it's at Salesforce, and it's just that like just this long term. I want this to get better, and you know I don't know. I feel like. I, said that th- I think you would have been. Even, good, I think you would have been a good company. I'm if you sure. Were there, I'm sure. Would have you would you would have felt that that's that exact thing that everyone just wants it to get better. Like, even though we do this podcast, and I, you know, but you I, you feel like you're just shouting in ether because you don't get the sense. There's no one. We're in here by ourselves, right? So I feel like I'm just saying the same things to you all the time. But I really just want the platform to get better. Um, maybe that's not what Salesforce thinks is important, but that's what I. That's what is important to me. Right. And and I think that's good for Salesforce. Um, but I don't get I don't get a vote on that. And I just get frustrated sometimes, but this is, this is my, you know, and this is my outlet. This is all I've got. So, <laughs> so well, I mean, like I said, I mean, I know the MVPs are, are pushing for what they think is, you know, better too. And but just like, you know, I saw the thing, I saw about, oh, that was so productive. I'm just like, well, I, I really hope so, but I just, I'm very skeptical of that assessment. Uh-huh. It's a good for the soul to get up, get up there and maybe so. But you know, again, that's confusing it, it, activity with. Productivity. It was an outlet. I mean, if anything else, it was an outlet, and that kind of makes you feel yeah. somewhat productive. The fact that you're able to kind of get this out and discuss it and put it out in the ether, and and you know, maybe something will come of it. Maybe one or two things will resonate with someone, and something happens because of that. Right. Yeah. I mean, you never know. You know, people do have. I think you never know when what you when something you put out there is going to have an effect. Like some stupid uh, weatherman bit we did out of oh, yeah. nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> we could have done that today. Like, it was, we, it we, was could bad. Have, we could literally could have set yeah. up a camera and, and done that. Yeah, <laughs> just was... get a stop sign to throw at you from outside the frame. <laughs> Why am I the one that has to get hit? <laughs> because I don't want to be the one who gets hit. Onto <laughs> well, that, I say, good day, sir. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. General, that's a lot of fruit salad. Razzle-dazzle! One, two, three, four! One, two, three, four! The first round, five, two, four!